True Crime Astrology Podcast, and I'm Brittany. And I'm Amy, also Aruka Rose on Instagram. And I am at Britt underscore Oakley on Instagram, <laughs> and then you can find the podcast on Instagram mm-hmm. at Dark Alignment and... On Facebook. Facebook. And YouTube. And YouTube. Which is where most of you have been listening. <sighs> so we have some <laughs> exciting news, you guys. This has been a long time coming, but we are officially on Spotify, so... We've expanded the platform officially, mm-hmm. and like Amy, like gets all the credit for that. She really has done a great job. No, thank you. You, for she, your... you, you sent me this, like some ideas on okay. how to do it too. I mean, like I don't mm-hmm. have the skills, but I will come across an idea, and I know how mm-hmm. to pass information along <laughs> um, to Amy, who can then yeah. like use the information because mm-hmm. it's use like it's lost on me. But um, really excited. That's big news for us. So check mm-hmm. us out on there. Um, yes. Got all our like audio only, which mm-hmm. is kind of a different. It's a different experience. It's, it is a different listening experience. without visual. I kind of so. like it. I kind of like it. it. Mm-hmm. Speaking of visual, we have like special setup today. Um, so I guess last time we talked about Jody Arias, you, um, and also okay the episode thing. This is technically episode thirteen mm-hmm. now, uh, but we're gonna call it. Season two. We're going to move into season two. This is our second year. Yes. Of filming. Yes. And there are, you know, 12. I think 12 is a good, like, amount for a season. Yes. Also, it's very astrology type of number. (sighs) You know? Of course. 12 houses, 12 signs, 12 episodes. And so this is episode 13, Mm -hmm. but also episode one of season two. So Mm -hmm. um, if you didn't catch Jodi Arias, she's going to be... Episode She's 12 our finale of season one. Of yeah. Season one. Finale. That's so cool. We <laughs> had a finale, like guys. Um, so, again, like, like, subscribe, follow so you don't miss any episodes. Do, um, do all have, of it. We have a Patreon as we well. We have a Patreon. You can support us there. Yes. We always appreciate that. Um, so, this week, we are going to be covering the case um, of Casey Anthony. So, big case. But really, this is about the tragic death of her daughter, Kaylee Marie Anthony. So, it's one of those things like this case was so huge. Like, I watched the whole trial. I was really kind of obsessed with this case. It was everybody was, everybody Mm -hmm. who was um, at the time. And it's just, I feel like Kaylee gets lost in a lot of it. And I, I wanted to really highlight that. So, we have lots of like rose quartz and actual rose petals. We have a candle that we're burning uh, for Kaylee. Mm-hmm. You just want to remember that this is a, about a small victim. So, I'm going to go ahead and do the trigger warning. So, this is an unsolved case. For those of you who don't know, um, not everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's an unsolved case of a child death. So, the victim in this case was two years old. And so, it's very sensitive. Um, and the fact that there's no, like, definitive, we'll talk about it in detail, but, like, nobody was held accountable. We'll just say nobody was held accountable for this death, and it's just extremely tragic and sad. So, um, I'm still, like, good on my New Year's resolution that I will be citing my sources. So, um, Wikipedia, 
of course. So like donate if you can. Um, Biography.com was another Mm -hmm. source. And then over time, like this is another one of those cases, like I've written college papers on this case. Like I followed it um, from the beginning. It's one of those, I watched the entire trial. And so a lot of the information that I have, it's like I've seen documentaries, like I can't accurately Mm -hmm. cite all my sources on this case is what I'm kind of trying to say. Um, That's reasonable, the way that you always are taking in this information over, like, so many years, too. Right. And then watching the trial firsthand. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it's going to be, like, you know, I can comment on her demeanor. I can Mm -hmm. comment on what she wore at trial. I can comment on kind of, like, the contrast of just all of it. Um, You know, her testimony, she was Mm -hmm. feisty as fuck, too. But we'll we'll talk about all of that, but, like, um, much of it's firsthand account, so... Um, getting right into it, like birth dates, this is kind of a weird one for me because, again, we have another Pisces. and There's lots of Pisces happening, lots of Virgo happening. And that's, like, heavy in my chart also, <laughs> so it's one of those that I'm like, damn it, because mm-hmm. she's almost my birthday twin. I would like to add that she's barely a Pisces. She was born on the cusp. She is. So she's, she's right on the edge. Yeah, oh, so, yeah. but we're almost birthday twins. Like, she is one year and three days older than me, which is gross. <laughs> Um, and another warning here, like, I strongly believe that Casey Anthony is guilty of something, like, wrongful death or neglect or ac- whether it's accidental or not. Like, she, I feel like she is the person responsible for the death of Kaylee Anthony, so. We have a bias. Yes, and <laughs> I want to make that known, so it's going to probably convey throughout mm-hmm. my telling of the story, just so everybody's, like, aware of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I highly doubt that she has many supporters that are, like, out there trolling on her behalf, like, to make sure nobody, <laughs> like, shit talks her. Like, I, she probably does, actually, because there's some fucking... Never mind, that's weird. <laughs> okay, anyway. So, um, kind of, this whole case hit the spotlight once the suspicious disappearance of her daughter happened because like Kaylee Marie Anthony was adorable whenever she was these like video clips of her like in these big pink sunglasses and she kind of had this sweet little attitude and was like a sassy little toddler like she was so cute America was completely captivated by this case Mm -hmm. and then once the details kind of came out about Casey and who she was and her behavior at the time and when like when her daughter was supposedly missing um that just drew so much more attention to the case like you and also of course the fact that Casey Anthony is pretty uh we find this over Mm -hmm. and over again just like with Jodi Arias Mm -hmm. that in America um the cases that do get the most attention are ones where it involves like a a, an attractive female Mm -hmm. like there's something that's gonna you know make it a little bit more salacious and her behavior definitely did that um, but Casey was a pathological liar. The whole thing was like a hot mess. And, uh, we're going to kind of get into who Casey truly is. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from being just a terrible human, mm-hmm. um, we'll, we'll get detail how <laughs> terrible. Um, and yeah, this was just a media sensation. And Nancy Grace was like a huge part of it. I, I just like, I hated her. Most people do, but I kind of just, like, I really liked her in this case. I like her tenacity and Mm -hmm. how aggressive she is for a female. Like, she feel like she's, like, a really, like, Mm -hmm. um, really empowered female. And so I do admire her for that. Like, being in a man's world and being a prosecutor and, like, as a woman, I think is Hate is probably too strong of a word for me to use, (laughs) honestly, but she did frustrate me a lot. Um, but I could see with this case, like, that's kind of what was needed. Do you remember what she, uh, called Casey Anthony? No. 
I, I will never forget it because it was like her thing. It was how she like explained her like in every uh, like what HLN. Did she, what was she saying? Top mom. Top mom. Da 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 da. Today in court. Like it was always top wow. mom, which was kind of just like weird and gross, but also kind of funny. I, I don't know. I can see that. I can top see her doing mom. that. So that's what like, that is what uh, Nancy Grace kind of gave her that name, which is kind of funny. <laughs> Um, so I always associate it with that, like, tater tots. I always am like, top mom. This <laughs> is great. Um, anyway, um, her young life, she was born in Warren, Ohio. She was one of two children. Her parents were Cindy and George Anthony. They were extremely public throughout the entire case, so you'll hear a lot about them. Um, so George Anthony actually worked in law enforcement for a long time. So interesting mm-hmm. for later. That's going to come up. Uh, Casey was described as a bright, personable little girl. She had lots of friends, um, pretty ordinary life. Um, but her friends say that she started lying back in like high school. So this is kind of a pattern. Um, this section is called lies on lies on lies. So she kind of maxed out on big lies when it came time for her high school graduation. Mm. Um, have you heard anything about this before? I'm not sure. Because this is a, I think it just kind of sets up like her character and kind of how she, it makes a lot of sense when you hear this and like how she behaved during the case, which is why I think it's relevant. Ooh. Um, so Casey had failed her classes mm-hmm. and she knew well in advance that she wasn't going to fucking graduate, but she let her mom send out invitations. She accepted a ton of gifts from people. And oh, this she, sounds familiar. She kept the light going literally as long as she could. Um, so here we go. It's like graduation day. Uh, Cindy and George Anthony show up with Casey's grandparents mm-hmm. only to discover that she was several credits short of graduating and wasn't going to. So mm-hmm. ironically, instead of punishing her, uh, her mom, Cindy, swooped in and helped her come up with a cover story so um like how was a big misunderstanding and it was like on the part of the school so we see that like really enabling Mm -hmm. behavior from cindy right away and i guarantee this was not the first time that Mm -hmm. something like this had happened um because you don't you don't start there right yeah right so that tells you a lot about the mother-daughter relationship that they had too like so cindy was willing to kind of like Mm -hmm make a fool of herself in a sense to like protect Casey and whatever Casey had done it. But it was almost like it was all about saving face Mm -hmm. and like it rather than be like, well, okay, Casey's a mess. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's, um, no, no, like it wasn't her fault. Like it's already that. And so what was it Casey or another case where, uh, the girl, uh, like skipped college or something for like an extended period of time and her parents helped like anyway, have you heard anything about her being in college? No, she did not. She go did to not college. go to college. She, I mean, I'm she probably confusing it. I so don't this even. Is my, I'm not good at this stuff. I don't think she got her GED even. Mm. Um, I'm oh not really? Sure. Yeah, I don't think she. She was bright, uh, but she was failing all her classes and stuff. So I don't think college was like college definitely wasn't that like a thing for her. But I feel like I know what case you're talking about. Ooh, we'll have to talk later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do some. And okay. if you guys know and want to leave it in the comments, like maybe we mm-hmm. haven't done our homework by then or like help us remember, um, if that sounds familiar to you for true crime buffs out there. No. Um, so next we're going to talk about like mom life for okay. Casey. So when she was 19 years old, uh, she shocked her family once again when she started to gain weight and uh, her parents actually suspected she was pregnant. So Casey was like a thin girl, so it was going to mm-hmm. show... You know, you can only keep it up for so long. At a certain point, it's, yeah. You know how it is. It's probably noticeable. For Uh, most, like, 98% of people, yeah. Right. 
Um, and of course, like Casey denied it when she was confronted. So her parents are like asking her if she's pregnant, and she actually claims she was a virgin. So, of course, you know, I. Then a few months into her pregnancy, she told her parents the truth. Uh, again, taking the lie. Virgin Mary. <laughs> virgin Mary. Again, though, <laughs> she took that lie as far as she could. Yeah. Until she literally, until she was she... like, mm-hmm. "Looks like I'm gonna have to admit it now." Um. So. Weirdly, like, the identity of the baby's father was a mystery, and it's still a mystery. So she pointed to, like, lots of different guys, including her fiancé at the time and her ex-boyfriend who had died in a car crash. Wow. Um, which is interesting. And then on August 9th, 2005, little Kaylee Marie Anthony was born, and um, a friend of Casey said that she had discussed giving the baby up for adoption, but of course her mother, Cindy, highly discouraged this. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, like I feel like most the grandparents most grandparents would discourage that. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm it's just a generalization. But on then my I part. almost think, why don't they adopt a kid then? I feel like Cindy would have. Mm-hmm. I feel I really do. <laughs> I, and you know, she kind of did essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so, this was, like, a big part. I don't think I even put it in here. Okay, yeah, I didn't put it in my notes, but just off memory. Uh, Cindy Anthony actually held Kaylee before Casey did. Wow. Yeah, Cindy Anthony, she talks about it in a documentary where she's like, I knew it was kind of wrong of me, um, but I just, I knew I needed to hold that baby. Like, so, Whoa. Cindy kind of assumed that motherly role and that mm-hmm. Casey always kind of held some resentment, mm-hmm. supposedly, according to Cindy, about that moment. Um, okay. of like mom holding the child before wow. her. So um, that tells you a little bit more about kind of the dynamic and also like how much Cindy did not want this child to go up for adoption. Um, and then for the next several years, Casey and Kaylee both lived with George and Cindy in Orlando. And then like Casey's fiance at the time kind of acted as father. Mm-hmm. Um, he thought that Kaylee might actually be his too, right. despite knowing that the time of conception made it impossible <laughs> um like he says in interviews like he knew mm-hmm. it wasn't but just it's almost like that wanting to believe it mm-hmm. kind of thing and, and yeah, i'm sure he had a connection with Kay- kaylee at that point everybody yeah. who met this child had a connection with her actually um like casey's friends talk about what it was like to have kaylee around that she was always around mm-hmm. and that she always had like her little bag with her on her shoulder mm-hmm. and her little sunglasses and that she'd just be like hey dudes like that she was a really like fun child which makes sense. She's she's Leo. Like she's fun. Yeah, she's she, very cute. She seemed like like just based off of her chart, she seems like such a sweetheart. Like mm. like fun. And anyway, go ahead. Yeah, the little videos of her like it's that's seriously like the most heartbreaking thing about this case. Again, like paying attention to the fact that this poor child is a victim. Um, but you know, like she, they're living with grandparents. So Casey has a lot of help actually in. The caretaking of Kaylee, so that's working out well for her. Um, but they did end up getting a DNA test, and uh, Casey's fiance, whose name was Jesse, was confirmed as like not Kaylee's father, just like an episode of Maury. He is not the father. Uh, <laughs> and then the identity is just never known, and it's just kind of crazy. Um, I'm personally all for ladies living their best life, but like you can't even narrow it down. Like, mm-hmm. sure, but, like, do you, but I, I guess it's just kind of surprising to me that she either, like, it makes me think maybe she was embarrassed about who the real father was, possibly, or maybe yeah. she just didn't know. But knowing Casey, she probably did know, and it was, like, a, a thing. <laughs> she, you know what I mean? Like, what if it was somebody, mm-hmm. like, really controversial? I don't know. Then, yeah. 
I, I don't know. I feel like she's just. I I wouldn't trust her to actually not know. Right. I feel like she does know, I, but I could be wrong. All right. So this next section, a trigger warning again. We're about to get into some heavy shit. So. Kind of prepare yourselves. This is all really sensitive. Um, so on July 13th, 2008, Cindy and George Anthony receive a letter saying that Casey's car was in a tow yard, which I'm sure is one of the many joys of parenting is getting a phone call like that. Like, hi, you're mm. like late teenage, 19-year-old, 20-ish. I think she's 21 <laughs> at this point. Your daughter is a, uh, yeah, we've got her car here. Um so, when George went to pick up the car at the impound lot, he found Casey's purse inside. Mm-hmm. Kaylee's car seat and toys were both still in the car, too. And a strong smell of decomposition coming from the trunk, which is a huge red flag. And mm. reminding everybody that uh, George Anthony was in law enforcement. He would know what decomposition smelled like. That would be something familiar, you know, for anybody working in the police force. Like, that's something in your career... If Mm -hmm. you are doing it long-term, you're most likely going to come in contact with that smell at some point. And it is different than um, other smells. So um, her parents were, like, freaking the fuck out, too, when they find the car and they find the the purse there. Like, like they think automatically something's happened uh, to both of them. Um, So then they found Casey at the home of her boyfriend at the time, Mm -hmm. Tony Lazaro. Um, and they went and picked her up and, like, brought her home. So they tracked her ass down, brought her home. And it, he actually gives a really fascinating interview that's definitely really? uh, worth watching. So if you guys want a deeper dive into kind of firsthand accounts of what this whole time frame was like from his perspective, um, it's pretty cool because she was kind of staying there the entire time that Kaylee was missing. So it's a, it's a, it's interesting. It's interesting insight on, on kind of some underground shit here. Um... But basically, her mom picks her up. Casey breaks down. She tells her, um, and her brother Lee is also there, that she had left Kaylee with a nanny named Zenaida Gonzalez in Orlando on June 16th. And this was like, she had said that this like random woman who was like the babysitter had kidnapped her toddler. So, like, the time frame here is fucking insane. So we're going to go ahead and jump to the investigation. Shit officially hits the fan, July 15th. Kaylee was reported missing in a 911 call made by Cindy, who said she had not seen her grandchild for 31 fucking days. And Whoa. then So I've heard the 911 call. Okay. Um, it's, it's, whew, it's heavy. Um, but then she goes on to say that Casey's car smelled like a dead body. Her exact yeah. words in this interview, um, she's panicked. Like, Cindy is fucking panicked on oh, I'm sure. She's throwing Casey under the bus, which is kind of awesome, considering, like, how she'd always cover it up for her. Yeah, but, but, it, but when Kaylee's involved... Yeah. Exactly. Grandma, like, mm-hmm. fucking mentality kicks in, and it's kind of like, I'm, I'm done protecting my child, is kind of how I felt. Like, like I'm going to prote- protect an yeah. innocent person here, right. which was Kaylee, obviously. Yeah. Um, but she flat out said, it smells like a damn body in the car. I, oh, I've heard that. I've or heard no, wait, that call. it smells like a dead body mm-hmm. in the damn car. That's mm-hmm. the phrasing, yes. And, because I, it rings in my head. I can hear it in her voice. But, I can hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, like, her assumption. And, uh, so Cindy and Casey had given various explanations as to where Kaylee was at the time. So, like, both of them are trying to give officers like when they start to investigate like different stories which cindy is kind of basing all hers off of what casey's saying so it's 
not super credible. Um, but like one of the stories again was the fictional person named Zanny the Nanny, <laughs> um, before finally telling everybody that like she didn't know where Kaylee was at all. Mm-hmm. Casey lied to detectives a lot. Um, none of her stories made any sense, and she was overcommitted as usual, of course, to the lie. So. <sighs> Poor investigators. I feel bad for the investigators in this case because it's like they're really trying to do their job and, Mm -hmm. like, know the seriousness of, like, there's a child missing. Like, that's not something that you fuck around with. Like, Mm -hmm. it's a time-sensitive thing. They've already wasted so much time. She's continuing to waste their time. It's so frustrating. Um, But after questioning Casey, detectives found multiple discrepancies in a signed statement she made about the disappearance. Her friends and family had never heard of Zenaida Gonzalez. Um, detectives, of course, found out that she didn't exist. There was no such nanny. Um, they caught her in another lie. This one is so fucking epic. Um, she literally leads investigators on a physical, like, wild goose chase. Of course. Her, one of her alibis was that she worked at Universal Studios. Mm Mm-hmm. She literally goes there. (laughs) It's so embarrassing. It's so, like... I can't imagine doing this. Like, it's mm. just, this would be, like, a humiliating experience. Like, on a dare, it reminds me of, um, what is that show, where they all, like, dare each other to do, like, dumb shit. It's re- Impractical Jokers. Oh, it's I really it. funny. Yeah, it's a really great show. It's hilarious. It's like these dudes, it's like a reality show, mm-hmm. hidden camera style, and they dare each other to do stupid shit. And this sounds like something they would, like, like, you're going to lead a tour on this thing, and, like, here's your script. Like, I listened to a thing where, <laughs> uh, this is the case I've probably heard the most about. Okay. Um, yes. I listened to her take them through, mm. and then like start to question her and get onto her about it. Like, well, the thing about it is like, that maybe isn't super known is the cops knew beforehand that she had never worked there, mm-hmm. so they were just kind of honestly seeing like how far she would go and like her behavior. Mm-hmm. They were more interested in seeing how she acted right. and what she did. So she kind of walked straight into a trap. Really, um, she's super. She thought she was smarter than everybody. Um, so she's, like, leading them around the theme park. Like, they walk in to the building, and there's, like, cops. Um, she's, like, smiling and waving at people. Like, they literally tell her, like, we don't have anybody working here by that name. And she's, like, you're mistaken. And she, like, busts on through. The cops are following her. Again, she's just, like, hey, y'all. Like, I don't oh, think man. she said y'all because she's from Florida, <laughs> but, you know. Um, it's just, like, I don't know how she thought this would end. Like, I, that's to me was, like, the... <laughs> There was no end game here. It's just her, (laughs) like, I don't know. It's just too much. It's a hot mess. Um, She eventually, like, leads them down this dead-end hallway and has to go, they don't work here after all. And the cops are like, really? Um, Because we knew. Like, you're a fucking student. Yeah, we did. Um, Anyway, she's just, it's just such a mess. The case continues to, like, become a media sensation too as more and more um stations are like reporting on the story picking it up noting the behavior and all of this stuff starts to come out about her like party girl lifestyle which of course like people were all over this story it was just it just kind of had everything that like would capture attention um which on the one hand it's like cool let's try to solve the case (laughs) but also like we're focusing on the wrong things and also every case should matter this much like don't get me started on marginalized victims not getting media attention i could go off 
That could be a rant Absolutely. corner. I could That'd really be a great rant corner. I, I could rant corner the fuck out of that. Okay. If you're listening on Spotify, on YouTube, we have these little segments called Rant Corner. Thank you, Amy, <laughs> for talking about rant. We don't. We only have like one rant. That's I think. We'll get some more. We'll get, yeah. We're gonna get some more. Don't worry. They have to be genuine. We have to really be pissed off. I'm very pissed off about this particular topic. We should let's write that down. Writing it down. <laughs> rant corner. And next, I'm going to try to get us on um, Apple Podcasts, I think, next. That's what I've heard most people listen to most podcasts on. Yeah, we're, like, really branching out. So let out. me know. Yeah, is it what format or format? Forum? What? What's yeah. the right word? Platform. Platform. <laughs> I see, what platform? I'm really great at technology. <laughs> what forum at? You're doing amazing. What forum at do you listen to podcasts within? Um, okay. Anyway, moving on. Do, do, do. Okay, we're talking about Casey Anthony's party girl lifestyle. So a lot of pictures come out of her, like, dancing on bars, like, drinking with all her friends, like, living it up, laughing, mm-hmm. smiling. She gets a tattoo that everybody's kind of really into. Do you know about the tattoo? I'm not sure. Okay, so it's on her shoulder, mm-hmm. and she gets Bella Vita. So it means beautiful life in Italian on mm. her shoulder during the time that Kaylee's missing. What? That's what makes it weird. It's like her child's missing and she admits to knowing her child's missing. And then she gets the tattoo. There's a journal s- entry too, I think. A journal entry? Mm-hmm. If I can keep talking, I'll find it. If there, if it exists. It sounds like hot goss. Mm-hmm. I, if I don't know about it, I'm like really mm-hmm. impressed with your knowledge on this case. Because <laughs> normally, um, if you guys are, are recent listeners or newer listeners. Um, I usually don't know anything. <laughs> yeah. Like Amy usually knows very little um, about the case, unless it's more recent. Like I think you knew a little bit about Jodi Arias. Like you mm-hmm. knew who she was at least. Maybe no, not. Really? I don't know. Wow. I, just, I listen to this stuff, but I forget it. Oh, that's, well. Still, I mean, it's one of those things of, like, I remember you didn't know who John Wayne Gacy was. That was a really funny one. It was, like, you were calling him Gary. Gary. <laughs> my man Gary. My man Gary. Um, okay, it says it was entered a circle. It was circumstantial evidence. Like, maybe they couldn't use it or something. I'm sure it wasn't admissible. Okay. I don't think they... June 21st. I have no regrets. Just a bit worried. I just want for everything to work out okay. I completely trust my own judgment and know that I made the right decision. I just hope that the end justifies the means. I just want to know what the future will hold for me. Because it's all about her. I guess I will see soon. Soon see. Uh, this is the happiest that I have been in a very long time. I hope that my happiness will continue to grow. I've made new friends that I really like. (laughs) I've surrounded myself with good people. I am finally happy. Let's just hope that it doesn't change. Oh, I hate her. (laughs) Oh, it makes me want to cry. It's really disgusting. Mm -hmm. Um... And I do remember that. Once she mm-hmm. started reading it. And then you're like, yep. As soon as I heard that I have, like, made the right decision or whatever. The, mm-hmm. I can't remember how she phrased it. I remember that now. Yeah. What it's a awful. cunt. <laughs> oh, my God. That, I'm so, it's so gross. Okay, well. Mm-hmm. I'm now glad that, that we got that in there, though. Actually, it's a really good segue into mm-hmm. the next portion. Because Perfect. it really paints the picture here. Because trigger warning again. They found Kaylee. So, ooh, it makes me want to cry. On August 11th, 23rd, and 13th, 2008, those aren't those dates aren't in order. That's weird. Um, anyway, a meter reader 
uh, called police about a suspicious object he found in a forested area near the Anthony residence. Um, it was actually more like a swamp than a forest. It was like, you know, we're talking Florida. Mm-hmm. You're thinking like humid, like a wetland kind of area mm-hmm. um, where the only reason anybody would go there was like, you know, obviously he's a meter reader. He's going to be walking through kind of areas like this. But it was really close to the home. Again, it's less than a mile from the house. Um, at first, he was directed by the sheriff's office to call the tip line, which he did, and he didn't mm-hmm. get a return call. So he actually tried multiple times to report the body, and, like, nobody was paying any attention for whatever reason. I don't know um, why, because when you look at the time of this, this is, like, mid-August. This isn't, like, you know... I'm going to reference the JonBenet Ramsey case because mm-hmm. this was around, this was, that was Christmas Eve where like it was the rookie shift on staff. The entire investigation was botched. It really compromised the entire case. Mm-hmm. This was not a like, there's just no excuse for it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like the, no. not that there was an excuse for the mishandling of the JonBenet Ramsey case because that one's extremely upsetting. Again, a child victim mm-hmm. where it's not handled, you know, in the manner I would love to have seen. But with this, it's like that urgency. Like, so he waited a few days. Um, he called again. Eventually, you know, on his third try, he was met by two police officers and reported them that he had seen what appeared to be a skull near a gray bag. So, like a trash bag. Hmm. And uh, on that occasion, the officer conducted a short search. He said he didn't see anything. <laughs> and then again, this is... Okay, this was August. Now, December 11th, the meter reader, I believe it was Roy, I think is his first name. His last name is Cronk. I want to say Roy Cronk. I hope I'm not wrong, but please forgive me if I am. Um, he called the police again. That's like four fucking months later. The cops search the area again, and they find the remains of Kaylee in a trash bag, which is so upsetting. Um... So, of course, like, investigators come out in, like, teams. They recover some duct tape, which was hanging from a little bit of hair that was attached to the skull. And there was some tissue still left on the skull, despite, like, the extended decomposition. Um, I've seen the image. It's really, really sad. It's really fucking upsetting. Um, Then over the next four days, they continued to find more bones in the area Mm -hmm. um, where the body was initially discovered. So, of course, like... When you're talking about remains and you're talking about a wooded area, animals are going to kind of go yeah. through and scatter. It's just, like, hard to talk about because, obviously, this is a child victim. Mm-hmm. Super upsetting. Um, but on December 19th, 2008, the medical examiner confirmed that the remains were those of Kaylee Anthony. The death was ruled a homicide, and the cause of death was listed as undetermined. Um, so that was the big mystery with all this. So we're going to go ahead and transition into the trial. We already talked about Casey's, like, the investigation, her behavior. So all this was going on, and then they find the body just as they're going to trial, which is really great timing, <laughs> um, especially, like, for those of you who, who don't really know kind of, like, legal legal stuff, mm-hmm. like, habeas corpus is literally, like, the body of evidence. So to prove a crime happened, like, you have to. You have to have that, yeah. But obviously with a child, it's easy to do. When a child's missing for an extended time, it's not considered that Kaylee, a two-year-old, started a new life somewhere and, like, left town. <laughs> but in a case where you're talking about, like, the Lacey Peterson case, where mm-hmm. you have an adult who goes missing, um, I, 
I wrote a college paper about this one too. <laughs> of course you did. And of course I did. Where it was one of those things where had they not had her body, had her the bodies not washed up on shore, and mm-hmm. had they not been discovered, it may have been impossible or difficult to prove um, that a crime had even occurred because Lacey was an adult woman, although very pregnant, and although um, mm-hmm. like the disappearance would have been suspicious regardless. Um, it was one of those things without the body. Having a body makes it, you know, able to prove that there was, in fact, a death or a crime committed. So, sorry to go off on, like, a little bit of a legal tangent. I just think that's kind of important to talk about, like, yeah. how quickly these two things, like, occurred together. So, um, she was charged with murder, first-degree murder, on October, uh, to, in October 2008. And, of course, she pleaded not guilty. Uh, the trial lasted for six weeks. And the, the trial didn't happen until 2011, so it was right around the same time as Jodi Arias, who I believe her trial was 2012. Mm-hmm. So this was, because I watched both of them very closely, and they were really close together. I do remember that. Um, so I didn't miss a fucking thing, really, I mean, of this trial. I was really glued to it. Um, I was consumed by it, and I, I don't know. Anyway, the prosecution sought the death penalty because Florida is a death penalty state, mm-hmm. and they alleged that Casey, uh, her motive was to free herself from parental responsibilities, murdering her daughter mm-hmm. uh, by, administ- by administering chloroform and applying duct tape. So that is uh, what the defense, or that is what the uh, prosecution, that's what they laid out um, in the state versus Casey Anthony. So the defense team, led by Jose Baez, countered that um with a really kind of shocking opening statement this is i think where the case fell apart like right from the beginning i don't think the prosecution they did not see this coming at all they were completely blindsided by this Mm -hmm. and it kind of made the it just set the tone for the rest of the trial and i think this is exactly why um she ended up being i hate even saying it found not guilty um for those of you who don't know, spoiler alert, this bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, but Somehow. It, well, this is how. This, this is, is how. exactly how. I'm tell you right now. So, um, Jose Baez, in his opening statements, says that Kaylee Anthony accidentally drowned in the family swimming pool on June 16th, 2008, and that George Anthony disposed of the body. Mm-hmm. So, the fact that this was presented at the beginning was huge. Um... Like, the prosecution couldn't prove cause of death. It had already been, like, they were trying to prove murder when, mm-hmm. you know, the defense comes out fucking swinging and saying, yeah, here's how she died, and it was an accident, and this is what... So they are laying that out, and it just fucks the case, really, mm-hmm. for the prosecution. Like, they were kind of dumbfounded um, in that moment, so it was really, like, shit. I, I remember watching it being like, oh, no. Fuck. Like, um... Accidental drowning, like they established a cause of death that had been undetermined. So is that was big, um, and you have to prove murder happened to convict someone of murder. Mm-hmm. So it like plants that seed of doubt that the jury needs. Yeah. That's all the jury needs mm-hmm. is reasonable doubt. They fucking did it yep. in their opening statement. So like that's the end of my rant on that. Mm-hmm. I could do a rant corner on this as well. <laughs> um, sorry. Anyway, Patreon. Patreon. <laughs> Uh, the defense contended that Casey lied about Kaylee's death and other shit because of dysfunctional upbringing. Um, they said it included sexual abuse by her father and her brother, which is a really fucked up allegation if it didn't happen because they're sitting in open court, like, staring at her. And, uh, I, you know, Casey's not super credible, but I would hate to, you know, 
I don't ever want to downplay somebody's uh, survivor story either. So who knows what happened there? I don't know. Whatever it was. Bad relationship, bad vibes going on with mm-hmm. uh, that going out in open court. Um, it just... Basically, defense never presented evidence to how Kaylee died. They didn't have any evidence that Casey was sexually abused as a child, um, or they didn't. They didn't have anything to counter it either. Um, the defense challenged every single piece of the prosecution's evidence. Uh, they called it fantasy forensics. Uh, <laughs> Casey did not testify, which was the smartest thing she did because the jury would have hated her. The prosecution painted the picture that Casey Anthony was a promiscuous party girl, unconcerned with her missing daughter, and was responsible for her murder. Um, And then kind of like a big focus of the trial was um, a website search about chloroform. So apparently the Anthony's computer, their home computer, was, again, this was like when it happened. This was like 2008, so desktops were still like pretty popular big clunky computers Mm -hmm. so they uh did a search and they found um like recent searches for chloroform and of course cindy anthony got on the stand and took responsibility for that does that sound familiar to anybody um she was like i was trying to look up chlorophyll because i really love gardening and i just like saw that i just remember seeing it and they were like um cindy do you realize that you have uh time cards at work saying that you were at work at the time that the searches were made she's like yes i'm aware of that like she was just like mm-hmm. no i'm, I'm no, going I'm to there. gaslight you but was, i am gaslighting you right now she was like <laughs> no it was still me like I don't know what the time cards say and what the witnesses say and what what reality says, but I really was at home also making searches. It just, she kind of like committed to that, which was interesting. Um, And then she like kind of started to like deny some of the things that she said on the 911 call about the car and everything. Like, uh, which they ended up saying was like the smell of trash because there was like rotten pizza with like maggots and shit and Mm -hmm. trash bags in the trunk, which... If you were, this is devil's advocate, if George Anthony really did, like, mm-hmm. you know, if, if the accidental death with George Anthony helping do the body thing, which I don't know the truth on any of this, if that were true, it would have been a smart idea on, with somebody with law enforcement experience to then take rotten trash and put it in a trunk where something decomposing had been. Like, that would have been, mm-hmm. like, a pretty tactical move that I don't think Casey would have thought of it just seems like she doesn't have the wherewithal to fucking figure out how she's gonna tell people she works at universal studios aside from like showing up and walking around back up her lie she just gaslights until people Mm -hmm. eventually figure it out right like she doesn't have an end game Mm -hmm. so this is a lot of forethought and i just don't know that she had the capacity to kind of do that she doesn't but i also don't know if her dad would fucking cover for her because i don't know anyway uh, I don't know if I talk about this at all in here. If I don't already, okay, nope, I do talk about it. Sorry, there's an, I didn't want to jump ahead by just, like, rambling, because I do have an outline that I try to follow. So, the verdict. On July 5th, 2011, the jury found Casey not guilty of first-degree murder, aggravated child abuse, or aggravated manslaughter of a child, but she was found guilty of four misdemeanor counts of providing false information to a law enforcement officer. So... With credit for time served, she was released on July 17th, 2011. So just so you know, like a two-ish weeks after the fucking verdict, mm-hmm. America was pissed. People were protesting outside the jail, yelling, baby killer. Like, everybody was real fucking mad. 
Um, a Florida appeals court overturned two of the misdemeanor convictions as well. Uh, again, the not guilty verdict didn't go over well. The public was fucking outraged. Uh, people were complaining that the jury misunderstood the meaning of reasonable doubt. Others said the prosecution relied too heavily on the defendant's uh, like poor moral character and unable to show like how the victim died. Like again, the whole case became about Casey Anthony and not about Kaylee. I think kind of was like a, a bad, bad part of it. Like her character, mm-hmm. everybody knew she was garbage, but they could they didn't weren't proving that she committed this crime. Like mm-hmm. obviously she was a shitty person. Like that, right. you know. Aside from this entire incident, there's enough evidence to prove that. So yeah. it's just. Um, it's just, and also, there wasn't, like, great evidence. I really wish the the prosecution would have proven their case so fucking badly. I wish that. Um, and the evidence just wasn't there because little Kaylee's body was left out in the swamp for months. And, like, she, like, it had been reported in August. And, like, you think about this is Florida. Mm-hmm. This is not, um, it like, you know, if you think about it, this was somewhere like Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. It got really cold in the winter and kind of mm-hmm. preserved some of that and, like, prevented some more decomp. But it was just... They had very little to work with um, by the time she was discovered, which is just so unfair because uh, a sweet little girl lost her life and no one's being held accountable. And there was no justice for Kaylee Marie Anthony, in my opinion. Like, this is a real tragedy. That's really the ultimate tragedy of this case, in, in my opinion. Um, so the aftermath of it all. Uh, Time magazine described this case as the social media trial of the century. Jurors started speaking publicly about that verdict, saying that, like, I didn't say she was innocent. I just said there wasn't enough evidence. Um, if you can't prove what the crime was, you can't determine what a punishment should be. Another juror uh, said they believe that George Anthony was dishonest, and the jury was, like, sick to their stomachs, um, like, when they had to give, like, the not guilty verdict. Um, it's just, like, everything was, like, really bad. Uh, they thought all the, like, all the testimony by her parents were, like, dishonest, too. Like, they were just kind of grossed out by the whole family dynamic, really. Um, a final juror said, I just swear to God, I wish we had had more evidence to put her away. I truly do. But there, but it wasn't there. She's not a good person, in my opinion. So, wow. it's, like, just more Casey is trash evidence, which is, like, stuff we already know. Um... Okay, I actually didn't talk about it in here, but I thought I did. Earlier, what I was going to say is another thing that happened that cast a lot of attention on this trial is while it was happening, mm-hmm. George Anthony uh, attempted to commit suicide. Whoa. So this got a... And he left a note. And in the note, it said things like, I'm going to be with Kaylee now. And like, mm. very much... People weren't sure, like, he talks about it in an interview that mm-hmm. I've seen, and kind of his words on it was, like, he was just so distraught by the way everything was Absolutely. going with the trial, the accusations against him about the being part of it, and then his daughter was accusing him of, like, sexual abuse, and then he had lost his grandchild, and just kind of everything. He said that the, it just all got to him, it was too much, and that um, he did want to die. He, he didn't, obviously. But, I could see that. But that he did, lot. and other people saw it as, like, he was guilty of something. Right. So, you know, not sure which is true, but obviously this was a person who was mm-hmm. experiencing a lot of psychological uh, grief either way. Yeah. For whatever the motive was, like, you know, anyone who attempts to take their life is mm-hmm. somebody who's suffering psychologically from something, you know, severely, where that is the um, way out that you're um, 
you know, entertaining and Mm -hmm. and thinking about, like, that's going to be the way. Uh, So now we've talked about kind of all the bummer shit. Here's some more bummer shit. Let's hear what Casey is doing now. What's what's she up to? Because she's out in the world, you guys. Like, she's fucking out there Mm -hmm. um, living her life. She could be watching. She probably is. Like, she's actually such a narcissist. She's probably fucking watching this right now. Leo Rising. Oh, is she really? Nice. Nice. Nice on brand. Um, Okay, so she left for an undisclosed location uh, not long after the verdict. On August 12th, she was ordered to return back to Florida to serve a supervised probation sentence for an unrelated check fraud conviction. When uh, she pleaded guilty to that charge in January 2010... The judge in that case uh, wanted Casey to serve her probation after the proceedings in the murder case concluded. Because, of course, they expected that to, like, probably go through. So mm-hmm. they weren't going to, like, charge her with this other petty shit mm-hmm. when there's, like, you know, a murder trial. Like, it's obviously going <laughs> to, you know, be more important. Um, an error in sentencing documents allowed her to serve her probation while awaiting trial, though. So mm-hmm. it was already served. Um, but she served out, like, the... The supervised probation in an undisclosed location. After all the threats against her life, the Department of Corrections didn't enter her information into the parolee database. It was like a threat to her safety. And obviously, they're not going to do witness protection for her. Like, I feel like nobody's really caring that much about her shit. Um, And then her parents issued a statement not long after this that Casey would not be living in their home. So they're publicly like, we don't, we're not, don't associate us with that mm-hmm. um which is crazy for your parents to do after like they really were supportive of her during the case and everything um so that's pretty wild um it's just like a public burn which is funny and then according to the huffington post she was reportedly working with her probation officer to take online college classes so this is the college thing you were talking mm-hmm. about um but it, that like didn't work out um <laughs> She had to live a life of seclusion either way. She can't be, like, going out in public because everybody no. fucking hates her, and she's mm-hmm. really recognizable. Like, she's yeah. not, like, you somebody... you recognize her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's very distinctive um, appearance. And she's even, like, dyed her hair and stuff. Like, I've seen her with, like, blonde hair. Like, you, it's uh-huh. still so her. You can tell. Um, she had to file for bankruptcy eventually. Uh, just kind of all the lawsuits and, like, civil suits. Uh, the main mm-hmm. one was, like, the Zenaida Gonzalez case. Um... This is funny. Here's a quote from her. In the spring of 2017, she gave a series of exclusive interviews to the Associated Press, claiming to this day that she doesn't know how Kaylee died, adding, I don't give a shit about what anybody thinks of me. I don't care about that. I never will. I'm okay with myself. I sleep pretty good Obviously, at night. Obviously, she is okay with herself. Even in her journal, she said so. Mm-hmm. She is. And uh, I guess the, like, the... Associated Press that did the interview said that it was, like, revealing and bizarre and contradictory, like, all the things she was saying. And it just mm-hmm. kind of raised more questions than answers about the case. Mm-hmm. But Casey currently lives and works uh, with Patrick McKenna, mm-hmm. the private detective who led to the investigation. He led the whole thing for her defense team. Mm-hmm. So I bet they're totally fucking. Just totally. I, I can see it. I, I feel like she kind of... I don't know. I feel like that's kind of like how she. I watched part of the trial with him. I could see it. Her and Jose Baez totally were like her. Her actual really? defense attorney. Like it was confirmed. Like sources were coming out saying that that's how she was wow. like paying for her legal stuff and shit. Um. So there, there was a lot of allegations about that. Um. 
So everyone hates this bitch. Against Zenaida Gonzalez sued Casey for defamation. Um, I've seen interviews with this mm. poor woman. It's awful. Like people think that she's a baby murderer. Like people, right. really, she lost her job. Like her fucking name was ruined. Um, everybody told her told. Like, she told people that this woman just happened to be named Zenaida Gonzalez that sounds like Zanny. I don't know how Casey came up with all this shit. That's uh, so, so many lies. Kind of wild. Because at one point, like, the police, when they were investigating her, like, Casey said that she lived in this apartment. The police go to this apartment complex in Florida. Um, they find out that, like, she had never lived there, had never been on record. The past, like, three tenants weren't that name. Like, Casey was making it all wow. up. But I don't know. This poor woman was, like... Just went through hell. Um, Casey's parents, super fucking hater. They did a whole um, interview series on Annie, mm-hmm. and it's uh, called Casey Anthony's Parents Speak. So you can actually hear a lot from them. Um, they showed off the room where Casey grew up. Uh, they visit the sites where like Haley's remains were found. So it's like a whole thing. Um, they talk about being the most hated family in the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just rough. Like, they lashed out a lot at the media during that time. It was just so crazy. Yeah, I can see that. So, uh, here at the very end, like, something kind of positive kind of took place. Like, to end on a little bit of a lighter note, like, obviously there's nothing light about what happened here. This case is total tragedy in every possible way. But the aftermath of the trial brought a lot of different bills in different states uh, for Kaylee's law. So it makes it a felony for a parent or legal guardian not to report a missing child within 24 hours. So there you go. now it's a crime. So if you, like, because Casey let this go for 31 fucking days, mm-hmm. um, that she could have been charged with that had this law. You know, obviously this law exists oh, because of this case. But in 2012, Florida Governor Rick Scott signed Kaylee's bill Um into law so or Kaylee's Kaylee's law mm-hmm. and made it official and that my friends is the tragic death of Kaylee Marie Anthony and the story of her just shitty mom regardless of like exactly what happened there we really don't know um Casey Anthony so <sighs> heavy shit I feel like I'm ready to see some charts and like kind of dive into something that's less all right. Hardcore, maybe? I don't know. Maybe it's more <laughs> hardcore. I don't know, y'all. Oh, man. Sorry. I've been I've been just, like, going circles on her chart for a while. My notes started Your out organized. Your notes are great. Like, they look so they good. They started out organized, and as I went, and I, they never stay organized. I'm going to say. When I take no, chart notes. Oh, man. They okay. still look organized to me. I think they're beautiful. Thanks. So, all right. We're going to all right chart it up. All right. Okay. We're back for chart time. We're back for chart time, everybody. Okay. It's the favorite <sighs> time. Here All right. We go. Here we go. Kick it off. Man. I have a lot about her chart. Um, I am also going to pull up Kaylee's chart. Awesome. Uh, I think we'll go through Casey's first and then Kaylee's. And I also have this asteroid analysis of her chart and her trial chart. If uh, any of you guys want to check that out, that'll be on Patreon later. Mm-hmm. Um, and then oh. she has some bonus material as I well. I have some great she bonus She's putting on Patreon. It's kind of going to be like all the shit I wanted to say about this case that I didn't get to, down to like 
what she wore to trial. Like, you mm-hmm. know, I got, I got, I have opinions, you guys. She's as you know. Lo- there's going to be more content. It's going to be called Casey's Looks. And we're going to, is that how they, Looks? Looks. You know, when you put the W in mm-hmm. there. Y'all. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Patreon. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Okay. All right. So we have Casey Anthony. Her birth date is March 19th, 1986. She was born in Warren, Ohio. I, Ohio is such a funny state to me. Ohio. Why is uh, it funny? I mean, like, like Ohio. Oh, hi. Oh, hi. Oh, I don't know. Oh. I just, yeah. That's how. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's oh, exactly hi. it. You personified ah. it. Um, and she was born at 3.10 p.m. And she, her sun sign is Pisces. Her mm-hmm. moon is in Cancer. Her rising is Leo. And her midheaven is Taurus. Um, and I, I'm putting that in the intro because... Her daughter is also a Leo rising with a midheaven and Taurus. Nice. Uh, I just thought that was interesting. Um, yes. So, I feel like, right off the bat, I said earlier too, like, her having a Leo rising, it kind of gives, not everyone that has a Leo rising is going to be like this, but it can kind of make this kind of narcissistic flair in somebody uh kind of like this unjustified self-importance um because some people i think could maybe see themselves as they could have self-importance because they're really proud of something they did like they feel like they earned it in a way so now they think highly of themselves not really with this placement because it's just (laughs) your rising (laughs) it's not really like who you are you know it's 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 your persona it's like a mask it's like a layer the outer layer of you it's not really deep down who you are it's like a superficial layer almost uh-huh. which like yeah I, and i could see that she does mm-hmm. come off um as a pisces i feel like mm-hmm. she does come off more of a leo than a pisces which just kind of like she seemed really outgoing like really kind of like she has fire energy well, cause, right because like, her sun sign is pisces but she is, is cusping aries so there's yep. the fire there yeah, that's it yeah you it's really like that placement of um the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end, right between Pisces and Aries like that. Mm. Oh, um, yeah, because mm-hmm. you got the 12th house, first house. Yeah, yeah. Aries begins it every year. Okay. So um, it's it's an interesting placement to have a sun sign um, because it's like death and rebirth, death, birth um, wow. type of placement, like the end of a cycle, starting a new cycle. Um, and... Yeah, there's going to be a Pisces energy to her sun sign, but also this this kind of fire, like something's about to happen kind of feeling. Um, that does seem like uh, the way she just showed up in the world. It really does. Like, oh, mm-hmm. God. And then her moon being in Cancer, uh, this is really the place of, like, the mother. The moon likes to be in Cancer. Um, the moon really rules cancer so it's it's really this uh watery placement emotional placement but it is like the smaller of the water signs it's not like a vast ocean of water think of like a lake with like (laughs) um i've never thought of cancer energy like that i think of i I think of the signs kind of how how would you describe the three water signs like different bodies of water okay just i'm really interested so this is really how i feel about this i i take it on like okay so uh smaller bodies of water like um are typically how i feel cancer energy kind of like um the like a lake or like um 
a pond. Like a pond. I, I don't want to say that because it sounds insulting. <laughs> but, you know, ponds are great. They're, they're great. They're great. Uh, and then Scorpio, people talk about it being really depthy, kind of like the ocean. And it's kind of um, that undercurrent type of feeling. And I there's, like, a darkness to it. And you're not really sure. Um, there's kind of, like, hidden things all around you. Uh-huh. But also they're all there. Like, um, you have to pick up on the... On the undercurrents, I guess. I love uh, that. I feel like that then, totally is all, like makes sense uh-huh. for Scorpio. Okay. And then Pisces, you know, water is everywhere. Water molecules are everywhere. I see Pisces as every water molecule in the universe because Whoa. it's really expansive that way. It's like, uh, and it can, um, Pisces has this way about it of really becoming anything and being become like connecting to anything. Um, being able to experience all things is kind of the idea of Pisces in a way. Mm. So that's literally kind of what water does. Like water becomes part of like yeah, it's part of like human body. It's mm-hmm. part of like it's an essential life. Wow, yeah. that's so cool. Thank you for, for sharing sure. that. I just I, I was <laughs> genuinely curious when you said mm-hmm. that. I was like, mm, question. Oh yeah. So yeah, I can do that with all the signs. Oh, but oh more stuff. More I'm writing fun. that down. More Patreon <laughs> stuff because I love that. Okay, like an element breakdown mm-hmm. really. I've been thinking about typing that up somewhere. Ugh. So think about that kind of expansive, kind of dreamy. You know, when you think about going to an astral plane or like um, when you are asleep and you're in your dream space, your intuition, your people talk about connecting to higher, uh, higher source, um, that kind of like um, when you do Reiki, I feel like that's mm-hmm. being kind of connected. That's to. exactly what it is because Reiki is mm-hmm. life force energy, so you mm-hmm. are pulling from like that vital yes. like, life source that just exists in all of us and it's around very all Pisces. of us. It's very Pisces, <laughs> you guys. I I love being a Reiki healer. I love Reiki, so yeah. So she's got that like dreamy aspect to her, and then that's another um, one of the more it can, it's a positive to Pisces, but it can also be a downside to where. Um, it's easy to get lost. Mm-hmm. It's easy to kind of like can confirm. Yeah, <laughs> you can fall mm-hmm. into that fucking ocean. There's and not sink. like it's right. easy to do. Get right, because it's, it. it's not you're not grounded in any kind of weight like that. Like mm-hmm. you're not limited to the material world or this plane. Um, Pisces energy really just can like go wherever it wants, which is really beautiful and amazing. But also, it's overwhelming. It's, it, right. Um, so if, you know, maybe those of you with strong Pisces placements can confirm, like, you're going to have all of these kind of uh, dreamy hopes about life, and you're going to really be experiencing a lot more emotionally and in your head than, like, anything that's actually happening, because oh, you're kind of 100%. venturing off into, like, exploring all of these other things. Um, and a lot of people use that as an escape when they have a Pisces placement like hey. this. Hey! <laughs> I feel like we're mm-hmm. just talking about me we're just right guys. now. I feel like we're just sharing my, uh-huh. like, how I, my framework. So now <laughs> do you like that Casey has a similar sun sign? No, I don't <laughs> like it, but I do like, you know, kind mm-hmm. of viewing my own sun sign in a right. different kind of mm-hmm. a way. Um, it's nice. You know, but also she does have like that, like you said, that cusping mm-hmm. of Aries that's going to kind of change the energy. It does. And obviously I have a different moon mm-hmm. and a different rising. Like I've got very different. I've got earth and I've got air. I don't have a whole lot of fire in my chart. So, mm-hmm. so it's a little, it's different. It is but, different. you know, but that Pisces energy is really strong. And, and cutting into Aries, it gives her a lot more um, kind of physical ambition to do things, to like make something happen. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit more... 
Aries is not all that patient kind of type of energy. Like, yeah. if she's... My mom's an Aries. I, I get it. Like, <laughs> if she's kind of, like, dreamy and hoping and aspiring for all of these things, uh, and they're not happening, the Aries part of her is going to get agitated uh, just in her sun sign alone, if that makes sense. So yeah. there's an irritability there on that cusp. Um, anyone who's around that cusp is going to kind of... You can kinda... hear it when she talks, actually, in interviews. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, she gets re- She goes from, like real calm to like she gets real irritable and just kind of snippy like real mm-hmm. fast that just you that fire there's, it just it comes more. out oh god there's I'm excited. More. I'm excited. so it's interesting that you said when she talks because her mercury is conjunct her sun sign and mercury is your communication mm-hmm. and your thoughts your mentality your how you're thinking planning um a lot on your communication and how you speak um so that is going to come through in how she thinks um, which is why I feel like when Mercury is in retrograde in Pisces, um, there is a lack of foresight there. And that's one of the notes I made. Um, so when she is telling these lies, you know, they're kind of fanciful. Uh, and they're Sorry. kind of like in this other world. Like, like I'm just going to, like, this is reality right now. Like, I don't it's have anything escapism. to back it up. There, it's very escapist. Yeah. It's, there's not anything really in the real world. There's nothing concrete about yeah, it. Ground, there's ground no ground. end game. There's no logic. Mm-hmm. It's literally just like, it is very Piscean. Yes. I'm dreaming this right now, mm-hmm. and like I'm not really here. This and if it wasn't happening. in retrograde, maybe even you could find like a really creative type of logic in here. Um, but when it's in retrograde, that's just really not the case. And that's part of her identity being conjunct her sun sign. Um, Whoa. you know, but positive traits off of this placement. Cause I do know people, um, with mercury retrograde conjunct their sun. Um, it can make you very artistic, especially in like a water sign, like Pisces. Right. I mean, she could have had some really like, she could have been kind of poetic maybe, or like, yeah artistic in some way. I don't know if Casey had any talent. Like, I, I really don't. Like, you know, like, we Maybe talked about... Maybe she connected to music a lot. I don't know. She loved to dance on bars, and I feel like that's connecting to music. Maybe. As a person who does we'll pole never, dance, Maybe we right? don't know. Like, Maybe we, we won't know that part about her, but I, really I could don't. see something like that in her chart. Yeah. Um, and then, to go along with that Aries irritability, frustration, aggression type of thing coming up, there is a square to uh, Mars and Uranus. And the way I kind of put this in my notes is, like, she has this kind of electric fire of inner conflict. Um, Ooh. Right. So she's, you know, Uranus brings this electric feeling, um, this erratic type of feeling, um, like, in kind of an individualistic, like, unique... Here we go. My computer. <laughs> um, it's... It's very spontaneous kind of kind of planet. And then Mars having that fire, that passion, that ambition, that like aggression behind it, that warrior type of energy together. Mm-hmm. It's it's like it's it's its own little monster in her head. Um, and really conflicting who she is and how she uh, it it it's like an inner battle always going on with her. Is it more of like um, an identity issue or is it like a. I don't it know. can manifest different ways. It's in her fifth house and then her son is in her uh, eighth house. Right? Yeah. I can't. I, um, you don't want me to confirm. <laughs> <laughs> I have Roman numerals on here and I just like to double check before I say it. So. Um, 
With her son in her eighth house, it really puts her in this place of kind of like a scorpionic place as well as the Piscean, um, where she's in this place of transformation, which is another thing I took note on in another part of her chart. Um, so there is a lot of things in her chart that like double over, okay. um, which is interesting too. It's like just to reinforce this. It's like kind of like go. intense of um, mm-hmm. like solidifying it. Really. Right. Um, so like I could see a lot of people looking at her chart and coming to the same conclusion based on like several layers of things in her chart if wow. that makes sense okay so if you look at this section you're going to arrive at this conclusion and, and probably and the looked, same thing at this other section <laughs> right. and this other one and mm-hmm. all signs point to garbage mm-hmm. hot garbage Casey Anthony <laughs> okay anyway sorry what absolutely man <laughs> the astrology confirms hot garbage and having this be with all of her placements here uh this feeling of her inner conflict the electric fire of inner conflict it keeps her She's always going to be turning to this feeling of feeling restricted and looking for an escape. Mm. Um, And she does have this stellium in Sagittarius, which is where the Mars and Uranus placements are, along with Juno and Saturn. Um, And all of these are really pointing to like a general theme of her looking for this type of freedom and this kind of um, adventure for her life. Um, Okay. Kind of... Makes sense. She she has this longing, like she needs to find her freedom. Um, and then Pisces wanting an escape, uh, and then her Mercury in retrograde there, like not really giving her solid way to figure out how to do that, like logically, how to plan that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big conflict with that motive of wanting freedom. Um, and literally, when they talk about her motive being. Uh, how did they how did they word it like a per- oh um like living frame. a child free life mm-hmm. basically like getting to just you know live her live her best life essentially and, and like do whatever the fuck she wants without having mm-hmm. any responsibility like Casey isn't somebody who wanted to have a job mm-hmm. she didn't want anything with her responsibility mm-hmm. she didn't have a house of her own she lived with her parents or she lived with boyfriends mm-hmm. and somebody was always kind of taking care of her kids she didn't really she actually didn't really ever fucking have a nanny she didn't need a nanny nanny she didn't have money to pay mm-hmm. for a nanny like it's all the things that are like she's she wasn't she didn't have the foresight to make any of that happen anyways and then I don't think she her, fucking wanted to I think she was no. like in a weird way she was like lazy in a practical way but mm-hmm. like really driven in like this she was other way able to manipulate was, yeah mm-hmm. but um, that's like kind of where she and was. that is a water sign thing as well I think um the water signs kind of manipulate this emotional type of way um, that she mm-hmm. liked to bank on <laughs> because she couldn't plan for herself to make things make her situation better. <sighs> she um, but she always them. had this this kind of uh, free spirited free spirited drive uh, to her. Um, but she didn't wasn't able to make that solid like like a good life plan for herself. Right. Um, let's see. I don't have any other notes on her son because we're already talking about that. Um, I see her really only, her son is Quincunx, her south node in Pluto. Um, and this is a feeling of her being stuck in her past. Um, mm. And I'm sure before the case, it was her being stuck in um, how she grew up and things like that. But really, as she goes through this case, um, it's going to be her always stuck to this case. Right. She can't escape she, this. She really can't. You can't fucking escape this. No. And it happened pretty young earlier in the first half of her life, which is right. really indicated by that south note. 
Because, yeah, she's right now, because she's a year mm-hmm. older. Than, she's a year and three days older than me. She's 34 mm-hmm. right now. Like, she's still really young. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And this case happened a long time ago, because this was, like, the actual death was in 2008, and the trial was in 2011. Like, and she, <laughs> this has been almost a decade, mm-hmm. and I guarantee this woman still can't, like, go to the store. No. And people are going to know who she is. It's, yeah. She's gonna. She's always going to be restricted into that, stuck in her past. Mm-hmm. And then she has um, the, her South Node and Pluto. They're in Scorpio, in the third house. So especially in the community, mm-hmm. uh, that third house is like your your community. Um, she's always going to be stuck in that within the community. Um, it has. It's going to have to do with this darker, deeper. Uh, taboo element of her life, death, uh, Scorpio. <laughs> um, and then having Pluto there just really reinforces that. Uh, Pluto is one of the rulers of Scorpio. Um, so it's, again, like doubling over, uh, just reinforcing where she is. Um, and then, let's see what else did I write on her son. She has her sun sign, Quintile, Chiron, and Sextile, Lilith. Um, and this is showing some self-liberation. Um, like that's her only, how, probably how she, she would see it as her only way to feel the light in herself. Ah. Uh, to feel her own light would to be to go through this really, um, and her Lilith is in Gemini, which is very uh, cunning, manipulative type of, um, type of thing, type of placement. Really... You, when you can when you can liberate yourself through this placement, it 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 can seem very cold. And she does <laughs> mm-hmm. like and really like two faced. Really, um, like she's she's putting on a facade. You know, sometimes I like to call Gemini like the car salesman because it's like you're, they're putting on a show for you. That's they're putting on a thing. Yeah, and like you can tell. Um, but this is, that's kind of the way, the PG way to say, like, how she was, um, manipulating and, uh, like, liberating herself. And that's how she came out in that interview, like, one of the last mm-hmm. ones, the one from 2017, where she was saying, like, flat out, um, I'm okay with myself and mm-hmm. I sleep pretty good at night. It's like, mm-hmm. who are you trying to convince, mm-hmm. though? And she from, probably, like, puts you know? on, like, a little bit different like side she's every time she yeah when she and she was like that you know anytime in any like recording of it her talking to anybody whether it was her parents whether Mm -hmm. it was an interviewer like she just was like had this kind of bitchy Mm -hmm. undertone with everything Mm -hmm. and she'd be like no no listen like Mm -hmm. she would kind of say things like that to people like almost like trying to command everybody Mm -hmm. and like exert control in this Mm -hmm. way that was just like Talking to people like they're stupid. Yeah. And, like, she, of course, was the victim. Which is very Gemini. Like, you know, Gemini is kind of, um, <laughs> what's the word? Like, common sense. Um, so, Gemini, a lot of times, maybe if you're arguing with someone with a lot of Gemini energy in their chart, or maybe they have, like, a Lilith or some thing that would have to do with an argument or manipulating in their chart uh, in Gemini, like, they might kind of pull this card, like, trying to undermine your intelligence, like... Like, well, obviously I knew better than you. Like, obviously this is what makes sense. 
Um, and it's very and arrogant it's, feeling. Right. And then they're that? able to kind of give you different, different sides of their personality to suit their argument. Um, which can be very compelling in the right situation. Um, it's I have some sign. disdain it's... here from past <laughs> relationship trauma. No. Oh, I feel, I feel that. I feel that. Um, but her Chiron is also here. So what's what's ironic in a way is that that's where her trauma stemmed from. Um, wow. Right. So she she probably kind of learned this energy based off of her having to experience the dark side of it herself at some point. Um, oh. And she could have. She was probably. That's another thing with this placement is when you have Lilith and Chiron together, like it can create this thing where, as you. If you, it really depends on how you approach it. You have to really resonate with the way you go about helping yourself with you have this placement because if you're not careful, you liberating yourself can just cause yourself more pain. Um, mm. And it can be this cycle because it's the same spot on your chart. Um, oh, that's But there's a, another way to go about it where healing um, in like a really genuine way, you know, not taking these... Uh, self-liberating shortcuts like killing your daughter um, can really help you and really bring light to that Lilith placement where you feel um, like you're using that that energy for good in your life so um, she has a sextile to the Lilith placement and then I was going to say she has a quintile from her son to Chiron and so quintiles are a lot about coming up with like creative solutions so she found a creative solution from her pain uh, to be able to feel her light. Ugh. Wow. I mean, and yeah. it's just dark in this case. Yep. It's like a... Um, it's also square her Vesta, which I haven't really talked about that yet. Uh, her Vesta is on the tail end of the degrees of Aquarius. Um, so this placement shows a lot of her deeper devotions being towards independence individuality mm. um not really being afraid of being apart from the rest of the society um <laughs> you know there's like a unique quality to aquarius and it uh it's okay with being different mm -hmm. you know and i kind of see that come out in her because when she's talking about like well i don't care what you guys think blah 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 because deep down like in her deepest self like the energy she as a soul is devoted to doesn't care if she's like conforming with everyone else. Wow. She really doesn't. She genuinely means that then. I guess I thought. I think she genuinely does. I think part of it, the outer, the like outer layers of that feeling might be kind of like a coping mechanism. But deep down, I really don't <laughs> think she does. Care. You're probably right. I mean, that would, yeah. Uh huh. And then her Piscean energy as well. Like she's not really holding herself to like. There's no part of her that's holding herself to a code like that. She has no moral code. Uh, <laughs> like, I really just don't see that um, in any part of her chart. And it makes sense. And usually, like, you, I could. I just don't. I just don't. That's funny. Um, well. Yes. Anything so, more on Casey? I, I just Oh, I have a, more. I do have more on Casey. Well, we could. Yeah. <sighs> um, I do have one question about yes. her, though. Where is her north node? I'm just curious. It's, Did you say it's that? on the first few degrees of Taurus. On the, on the... Okay, interesting. Mm -hmm. I was just curious when we were talking about south node. I was like, I wonder where her north node is. Mm -hmm. But anyway, we can... Yeah, well, her north node, um, that's one I asked you before this. 
her north node being in Taurus, it really, and she has Pholus on there, conjunct her north node as well. Um, and her midheaven is in Taurus. So she does have like a good amount of energy sitting in Taurus that she's uh, expressing. Um, and this is really showing like her looking to build a sense of comfort and stability for her life. I just don't think she really had any uh, skills to get her there in any other way aside from manipulating people. Mm -hmm. um, we talked about how she's like a user, like a moocher. Um, you said leech I said earlier. leech. <laughs> I, I feel like it's the most appropriate. I just feel like she's kind of a leech mm -hmm. on it's kind of like a, the world, really. Mm -hmm. Like she's Because she has a sense of self-worth. She really does. And she, um, she knows what she wants in a way. But like <laughs> she, and she's determined to get it. But uh, she's not going to work for it. Or um, not in, like, the way that... Not an integrous have, way. Like, yes. I mean, she'll work for it, mm -hmm. but not in a way that involves any sort of morals, integrity, mm -hmm. like, standards. Mm -hmm. Or, like you said, she doesn't give a fuck about societies. Mm -hmm. If this was a better-intentioned uh. uh, situation, I could see her maybe having, like, being... If she was going to be honest, having, like, an... Uh, sugar daddy situation like there's a materialistic aspect to this that is mm -hmm. just um that it could have gone okay but it didn't in my opinion right um and she's also going to be very stubborn in her lies you know taurus is known for being pretty stubborn in general all the signs can be stubborn but like taurus has this thing about it where it's just like they are it's a bull they're yeah exactly <laughs> they're kind of stuck in wherever they are. You know, whenever I talk about Taurus moons, it's almost like you're trudging through your emotions. You know, like everything is kind of like you're trudging through this like hard, earthy place. Like I just <sighs> very bull like, um, and that's also like going to create her being so stubborn in her lies. Like she's if once she says something, she's going to hold to it as long as she can. Especially with Folus being there, <laughs> um, or Folus again, if you haven't. Um, been watching and hearing me talk about Folis. I think I've brought it up. You like, talk about it a lot. Yeah, yes, it's, you do. it makes everything more exaggerated wherever it is. I was about to say intense. I was going to mm -hmm. try to pop quiz myself. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which actually, like, I've come a long way because a year ago, I did not know my own ascendant sign. She's so, learned so much. I've learned a lot, and it's all just kind of been learning through mm -hmm. you and having, like, examples. So <laughs> anybody who's more of, like, a true crime buff than an astrology person, like, I hope it helps you guys. It helps me to learn it this way and I connect think, it to a story. I think so. mm -hmm. um, and connect it to, like, an energy and real events. Mm -hmm. I feel like it kind of Because you can feel it. Translate, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I want to talk about her moon for a minute, and then I'll move on to Kaylee. Let's see, moon, Cancer, correct? Yes, okay. her moon was in Cancer, and it's conjunct... Uh, palace and palace is like this kind of colder discerning energy it's I think of like swords uh, within the tarot it's it's decisiveness it's how you make hard choices it's like a very mental space and it's a really interesting place to have it in cancer because you're using mm. this kind of like cold hard wisdom like it's for the best type of thinking um you know, like when you're stuck in like a between a rock and a hard place, you know, mm -hmm. that's when Palace comes out to help you make that type of decision. Okay. Um, and that's how she approaches her emotions. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> like, when she's feeling something, it's not... 
she's, always been. She's thinking about it rather than feeling it's very, it, which is weird with cancer because that's more of like a feeling. Right. So she's so, like entering that more of like the airspace, like the thought mm-hmm. space, rather. So thinking about emotions mm-hmm. instead of feeling them is that. Kind and it of almost what makes you're, everything seem more severe than it really she's is. She's overthinking it. It's like, it makes it very severe. Like uh, it's because you can have an air moon. And like contemplate your emotions. I have an and air moon. Won't, and yeah, right, I have a too. Pisces sun with an air moon. Exactly. Yeah, so I and, get that. And you energy. can, you, those people might get really into psychology, be really interested in thinking hey. about how they feel. But when palace is there, it almost makes it a more biting type of thing, hmm. a more like okay. cutting thing where, um, uh, like, there's. It's, it's like she's okay. going to say this really weird type of judgment, this really hard, It feels dichotomous to me. That's the word I keep getting. That's it feels a good word. really dichotomous. It feels like every emotion is probably like it's this or this. Like it, like yeah. a very, it can't be this like watery area mm-hmm. almost. It has to be like cut mm-hmm. down the middle almost. I don't know. I'm right. just If I went into the story of Palace, like mythology wise, it might make more sense. So I can do oh, that on the Patreon. That the story. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, I could, I could go through the story of uh, some of these major asteroids and that might help um, some people really cool. learn what they're about. Um, so. Right. Adding that to our list So she, and this is also uh, tied to this is sextile her north node. It's, what's funny is everything that's affecting her emotions is also aspecting her north node. So I won't go through and say like, oh, okay, this is also aspecting her north node every time because all of these are these placements are that I'm about to talk about. Um, her palace is, um, and you know it is funny that her moon is in the the mother of the zodiac, the Cancer placement. Um, and it really just shows this difficulty with her processing her emotions because part of it is kind of trying to be fluid and everything, but then it just doesn't work that way mm. with her. Um, there is an opposition to Neptune up in Capricorn, um, which is not a fun place for Neptune to be. Uh, Neptune is dreaminess of Pisces, but it's in Capricorn, which oh. is the concrete um very restricted type. I of always energy. think of dad. I'm like dad energy. I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Grand, like old conservative grandfather type of energy. I feel like my grandfather was a Capricorn, and I love it. Like it does. He was very like stern and by the book. Like, yeah, that's rules, very much Capricorn. Rule and following. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Think of that. Think of that type of character whenever you, wherever you see Saturn on your chart. If you're looking at your own charts. Interesting. Um, you know, so with this opposition from her moon, she's going to have a lot of these really rigid delusions and illusions on motherhood and her own emotions. Um, so she's having a hard time there. Um, <laughs> she also has um, a hard time feeling like she's able to serve in a nurturing way with her Ceres in retrograde in Virgo. Uh, where Virgo wants to take care of everyone else and they really want to... Um, be of service. They want to be needed and they want to do all that. And Ceres is a lot about how you're, how you're nurtured and how you feel nurtured and um, your foundation for love and all of that. And being in retrograde makes it more reflective. And you're... So she knows this about herself is the mm. thing. She knows that she has a hard time being a nurturing mother. But um, she's also kind of having these illusions about it like well maybe you know I don't know (laughs) um like but I think you know deep down she does know um 
Well, yeah, because I feel like she, like, knew motherhood wasn't for her, like, mm-hmm. from the beginning. Like, I think mm-hmm. that's why she, like, lied about the pregnancy. I think that's why mm-hmm. she, like, wanted, you know, allegedly wanted to put Kaylee up for adoption, mm-hmm. you know. And this is all forming a grand trine on her chart with um, her North Node as well, by the way. <laughs> and trines are good, though, right? It's, or is it's it just, like, good and strong? bad is very, like, uh, yeah, that's not good, good and bad is not the best way to approach kind of energetic stuff especially mm. like astrology like i some people will look at it that way um but it's really just whether the energy is flowing between these two places um well or if there's difficulty or okay. like a struggle um so when there's a trine it's like an effortless flow of energy if that makes sense okay mm-hmm. it's like a natural and a grand trine can be really powerful because um, okay. it's a triangle is really the strongest uh structure and it's very well supported on itself in the in the chart so interesting another aspect on her moon is this trine to jupiter um which shows this magnified emotions um it can also show her um being more apt to try to escape them as (laughs) her when she would see that as self-growth um, oh, because no. Jupiter can really show growth and expansion as well. So, <laughs> and it's in Pisces. Okay. Um, so Jupiter and Pisces, um, they, she, I don't know if she, some people will take a Jupiter and Pisces placement, like in a spiritual type of way. Um, but not everyone. Sometimes hmm, she, I can see that. she is probably feeling like amplified, definitely amplified emotions. Um, and then she has... Saturn quincunx her moon, which is another feeling. It's in Sagittarius. It's another feeling of her being stuck and trying to find her freedom constantly. She's always blocked mm. in, like this type of restriction. Um, and then her Juno is there, so she's very committed to this freedom, like very <laughs> committed to trying to find freedom. Um, oh and oh man, all these little notes here, and then another aspect to her moon was this trying to Pluto. Uh, which is conjunct her south node, which is, we already talked about her past and being stuck in her past Mm -hmm. and her trial. Um, So she's, her moon, she is, in a way, I could see her being able to be at peace with this, which is very (laughs) irritating. Um, (laughs) And almost, like, impressive, mm -hmm. in a way. Like, I have trouble being um, okay with, like, my most embarrassing moment Mm -hmm. in the third grade where Mm -hmm. I misheard some instructions and made a total (laughs) fucking fool of myself in front of, like, all of my peers. Mm -hmm. Um, I have trouble dealing with that. Mm -hmm. And she can... She has made peace. She is able to make peace with this. And it's it's also another grand trine from her moon with Vesta into that placement. So that's why I say that. Um... (laughs) Yeah. It's all kind of, you know, connected here on her chart. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, there's a little, like, doubling over of information. Um, but she, you know, and having that Pluto in Scorpio where it is, um, you know, Pluto, the moon trine Pluto brings this heightening of your emotional sensitivity and your psychic perspe- perception. <laughs> Perspection? Perspectionary. Um, at... This, there's this ease to accessing darker depths of your subconscious and mm. even you're even driven to um, dive into the emotional depths of others in a way. Um, there's 
a lot of really powerful feelings here and you can be transformed by this type of intense energy there. Um, and I think that kind of dark depth transformative placement could really get her in the mindset to where she felt like, like in combination with all these other things on her chart with that palace placement, like she felt like this was the best option. This is for the best. It's really dark and terrible, but this is for the best. Wow. Um, I think she was kind of able to like go to the darkest point with that and come back up. <laughs> wow. Um, with her moon sign. The That's hottest. a really, I like the way you explain that. Thank That's you. Very descriptive and good. Ugh. I try, I try. Um, and just feels very accurate to like how she, mm-hmm. oh my God. I, I feel like looking at her chart, you can really see where her motivation is and mm-hmm. where her loyalties lie with herself, like where her priorities were. Um, and where she knew she was lacking and she just wasn't gonna, she just wasn't gonna be a good mom, you know, she just wasn't, um, the, I think she is weirdly at peace with herself over all of this. When what she should have done is she should have just fucking moved somewhere else and, like, left the life behind and left her sweet baby angel with, like, the people who loved mm-hmm, her so much that would have, so. like... But, you know, obviously it didn't work out that way, but, like, I wish that would have been the ending. Mm-hmm. As shitty as that is for your mom to, like, up and leave, it would have been way better than what happened. Uh, absolutely. Anything, you know, mm-hmm. probably would have been better than what happened, whatever the truth is. But I think you know. so. Okay. okay. I have Kaylee's up now. Moving on to the sweet, tiny angel that... Um. Speaking of my son, Drew. Is that an apple? apple yeah. On the next page. I didn't make any notes, but I've got, I've got that drawing. Um, Did he write that? that looks like his... I wrote the word, but he, because he told me what he oh. wrote. Oh. Okay. That is amazing. It does look Coda. like that. All right. So Kaylee, uh, she was born uh, August 9th, 2005, uh, in Orlando, Florida at 7.14 a.m., uh, her sun sign is a Leo, her moon is a Libra, her rising is a Leo, and her midheaven is Taurus as well. Um, oh, that's another thing I was going to say with uh, Casey, is that with her North Node and everything being in Taurus, like, after the case, she's going to really be trying to find, like, comfort in her longer term with the rest of her life. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she wants to be so comfortable. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Um, At the expense of someone, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Whoever that is right now, I feel bad for you, but also you suck because, yeah, enabling. <laughs> don't in, don't encourage her. Man. So what's really interesting about Kaylee's chart is she has this stellium in Leo. Um, mm-hmm. Rising there, her sun there, she has Saturn there, and Mercury in retrograde there, and Lilith there. Wow. Um, and it's all in her 12th house. None of it is in her first house. So that really shows this type of isolating, kind of imprisoned, kind of, uh, also, 12th house is also the place of hidden talents, I don't know if you can really see where I'm going with this, but with, you know, her going through this tragedy, um, you know, literally her sun sign is there, she, (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. or her mom's sun sign was in the 8th house, the one of, like, bringing on death, you know, um, where hers is in the 12th house of kind of being the one suffering, um, and isolated through this experience in this life and really coming to the end of it. Um, and this is also a place where you'll see people who end up in prison have a lot of things in their 12th house. Um, huh. Where uh, Casey did not have uh, that. She did not have anything indicating like 
a long prison life in her chart. Um, But, you know, she has really been put in a bad place with her life here. Um, And Saturn is really restricting there as well. It's very um, sad placement there. She has Mercury in retrograde where she um, won't be able to, like, communicate this type of situation. She literally couldn't Um, because she mm -hmm. wasn't, like, developed enough. Mm -hmm. Poor kid. Um, And then Lilith is there where, you know, she was kind of another difficulty in, like, being able to stand up for herself or liberate herself. Um, But in Leo, you know, this is all showing how public this was. And this is how it's looked on another... On several other charts that we've looked at, the with really chart. public trials, like really pub- people that were in the public the most had mm-hmm. all of this Leo. Because the Black Dahlia, which was mm-hmm. one of the most infamous yes. cases, and that was like the whole thing was mm-hmm. public, and she was a Leo, and that was like a big thing. That... Mm-hmm. Yeah, she had a, she had some really strong Leo placements, um, and this is, you know, I I feel like that's really reflective of how public this case was for mm-hmm. for Kaylee. Um, and her finding justice through that publicity. And now there's um, a law that, like, mm-hmm. is out there forever. And, like, mm-hmm. ugh. And, you know, that's another way you can look at this, too, is that Lilith being there where the publicity is what really saved her in a way. Not saved it's her gonna... life, but it saved her. And then the communication through the news and people um, looking at it and thinking about it is the Mercury placement there. And then the Saturn there is the new law. Like, really, you can look at it in several different layers, which is what, like, I love about astrology. I mean, it's, like, it's so sad, mm-hmm. but it's, like, there was mm-hmm. something beautiful and positive that came out There's of it. There's good and bad. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, people are going to remember that mm-hmm. sweet little girl, hopefully for a very, very long time, mm-hmm. and not remember necessarily her mom, but remember that, mm-hmm. you know, that she was a victim that never got justice, and... Now, lots of other children will hopefully, you know, have justice because of this horrific Mm -hmm. event. Um, Golly. You know, it looks like her south node, her her earliest part of her life, or, you know, and most of her life was her early part of her life. (laughs) She was so young. Um, She has her moon uh, conjunct her south node and Jupiter and Pallas and Libra, and Libra is kind of a very pleasant placement you know it's a, it can be um kind of maybe placating with uh palace there but in this case i don't think she would have she wasn't old enough to really take on that type of trait yet uh, but she having jupiter there is a really benefic placement um i could see this being like such a sweet little girl mm-hmm. um i really can and then her north node then being over in Aries, which is the aggression, and and so her life path heading from this like sweet, innocent, like beautiful place over to um, this aggressive type of place where mm. where it would have ended. Um, let's see. Um, her Chiron is in Capricorn, which is where her mom's. Um, Neptune delusion over motherhood thing was. Oh, that's, that's interesting. So that's her her trauma is her mother's delusions like that. Her her issues with motherhood <sighs> yeah. and her, oh, she issues with dealing with her emotions. That fucking sucks. Oh yeah. Um, do you have any questions on her chart? Because she was pretty pretty little, so right. it's hard to really. 
I mean, I guess I pick up so much on mm-hmm. that Leo energy because, like I've said, I've watched so many like little home videos of mm-hmm. her and she so has, many pictures and I can that see her being smile. really into dress up and wanting to like have really like expressive play and like yeah, um, what yeah. She seems like it was Perform. almost, she was always around adults, too. Mm-hmm. This is a thing, is, like, I I was an only child who was raised around all adults, mm-hmm. pretty much, and I was a performing child, and I just, I guess I definitely, <laughs> like, I conducted myself mm-hmm. in a way that I could speak to adults as a small child. I have a good friend, and her daughter has always been like that, where she's never seemed like a kid. She's always felt like a little adult, like she's part of it, mm-hmm. even though she was, like, you know, obviously... Mm-hmm younger she could hold her own like with adults Mm -hmm. and Kaylee by the time she was two could do that and that's Mm -hmm. what like a lot of like Casey's boyfriends had said and and friends they were like oh everybody just loved Kaylee I mean Mm -hmm. like she was so much fun and she just like called everybody dude and was just like she was like almost like a little Michelle Tanner on Full House where she had like the spunk and the cuteness and the Mm -hmm. fun like the little sassy one-liners almost is Mm -hmm. what it seemed like kind of that energy that's all of her Libra stellium yeah she has and she has a similar placement like you there she has a her moon and south node there (laughs) um and that's what and her palace there which is a way I could see that as a way that that would manifest in as a in a younger form is Mm -hmm. her being able to um, think more kind of like severely rationally over things um, and especially being in Libra that's a lot of like communication and looking towards others um, before yourself so, yeah and she was like especially when you're around adults she was like pretty advanced too mm-hmm. for being two like you know because she was a toddler she was closer to three mm-hmm. than she was two so she was you know not like I mean like complete toddler stage she was moving out of that and like had language she could speak Mm -hmm. she could do you know short sentences and little phrases and like you know between two and three kids are developing so rapidly and speech is the main part of that where they are learning to communicate Mm -hmm. and so she was at like a like a place where she was definitely really a strong energy for adults like to be around too and they loved her and And she like she needed to be lovable for her (sighs) you know for this case to get where it did so i mean i'm serious like if you guys like i i highly recommend people just like watch a sweet little video clip of of kaylee anthony it will make you Mm -hmm. like sad but it will make you smile because she is just so precious Mm -hmm. and like you can just feel her warmth and her light and it's so sad it's a sad case for sure. It is sad. But damn it. <sighs> Anything else on the chart that you're like mm, feeling? I don't call I, I know we have a section that we're gonna do like Patreon stuff, so mm-hmm. we'll we'll save it for that. So well, I think we'll move on to getting our Patreon segments done. And uh you wanna close this out? Cool, we'll close it out. Like again, thank you guys for being here. Um that was a, a heavy story. Um, I feel like it's a good way to kick off season two, though, kind of like a bigger case, a little bit of heaviness. We are going to kind of lighten up for you a little bit next time. We've already picked our case we're going to talk about Mm -hmm. next. Um, It's not as big of a case. You actually may not have heard of it, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's interesting. It's It's very interesting. It's a it's a quirky case. It's like twists and turns. It's one that you're you're if you you I highly doubt you know about it. If you do know about it beforehand, like once you hear it, like Mm -hmm. let us know because like you're true like true crime person that I. And I want to, like, pat you on the back for it if you know the case. But if you don't know the case, like, you're not going to want to miss it because it's um, kind of...
kind of mind blowing. It's really interesting. It's shocking. It's gonna be good. When I told Amy about it, she was like, "Nah, what?" And we actually went on a deep dive during our like transition time, and we were both like looking up all kinds of stuff. We were like, "Yep, this is the case we're doing." So definitely be listening for that one. And again, you can now find us on Spotify. Fucking cool. Um, again, we've been talking a lot about Patreon this week, mm-hmm. um, but we are on Instagram mm-hmm. at Dark Alignment at Aruka Rose mm-hmm. at Brit underscore Oakley. Interact with us. Let us know what you think. Um, if you have any suggestions for cases you want to hear this season um we are entering spooky season as we're getting into the fall and the harvest um let us know your favorite scary cases yes really creepy ones give us some creepy ones we want to pick like something shock value for halloween this year we Mm -hmm. did some good ones last year last year we did ed gein so we really like went. (laughs) we really went there go check out ed gein yeah episode eight i believe I actually, I know. I'm not going to say I believe like I don't fucking know. I absolutely know it's episode eight. <laughs> but anyway, guys, thank you again for being here, for showing up for us, for being patient with our schedule. We're going to have more consistent episodes coming out for season two. But in the meantime, uh, please take care of yourselves. Stay awesome. Love yourselves. And we'll see you again soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.